it's encouraging to hear that even in Holland they don't start their meetings on time. Yeah, really. It is actually almost a crime to, to go inside with this weather. But it's only one hour and then we will, uh, even less than an hour, and then we will have time to enjoy sunshine, surroundings and everything. So we talked about uh, the gifts of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians 12. You can actually also group them together. And, uh, and I, as a teacher, I like that, of course. I want to make some systems in it. Uh, this is not my system. This is, a, this is very common. Uh, three gifts of revelation, three gifts of power, and three gifts of speech. Now, that's nice, eh? And uh, also have... Um, a bit of a description of the various gifts, but I don't want to say too much about it. Um, wisdom is to know what has to happen or needs to be done. Oh, that's a spelling mistake, but or needs to be done. So wisdom, um, in, uh, in uh, wisdom is actually a word uh, also from the Old Testament. So, so the, the, the Jewish mind has a different um, uh, meaning of the word wisdom than in the Greek philosophy. Uh, and in, the, in the biblical sense, wisdom means that you, you simply know what needs to be done. It's very practical. It is not philosophy, but it is, it, it's wise counsel. It means um, there, there are different options and everybody's confused and, and, and then there's somebody with wisdom saying, okay, let's do it this way. This, this. And everybody said, yeah, that works. That's good. Why didn't we think of it? Now, that's the gift of wisdom. And uh, gift of knowledge is that you know something that you normally uh, uh, would not know. So uh, it's it's a, it's also a gift of revelation. You know something, um, which also uh, can be part of uh, of the gift of prophecy. Often, when you pray for somebody, I don't know if you've experienced it, but you pray for somebody and you you ask for God's leading, and sometimes you just know something, and you when you mention that, and or when you um, Add it to your prayer, the other person said, how did you know? Uh, and, and, uh, sometimes with a person you absolutely have never met before. And that's the gift of knowledge. Gift of discernment, I spoke about the gift of faith. I also spoke about the gift of miracles. Um, to do something which is clearly very powerful and supernatural. So a miracle is something uh, that you just know this is, um, this is not just... Uh, uh, you know, a practical uh, solution, but it's, it's, it's a clear miracle. And, and one specific kind of miracle is healing. When somebody is, is healed from sickness, it's clearly a miracle, but a miracle can also be something else than a miracle of healing. And there are many examples in the Bible of miracles happening. Um, prophecy, speaking words that originate in a direct revelation from the Holy Spirit. I will say something more about prophecy, but um, there's one common mistake. Prophecy is not prediction of the future. It's not. So you have to really take that out of your mind. When you ask uh, people on the street what is prophecy, it's one where somebody knows what's going to happen in the future. That's not what prophecy is. It's, it's even something that God forbids in His Word. Prophecy has always an element of preaching. It is a message for somebody uh, with perspective in the future. So, 
uh, it, it says something about what God's intentions are, and then God asks you to act on it. But it's not a prediction of the future. The things in the future are not fixed. And there are even uh, um, there are even examples of prophetic messages in the Bible that have not come through. One you know very well, that was the prophet, prophetic message of Jonah. The book of Jonah. You know the message was? What was the message, the prophetic message God gave to him? Destroy the city. Destroy the city. Yeah, destroy the city. 40 days, city will be destroyed. <coughs> Period. And, uh, and it didn't happen. And uh, um, because why, didn't, why, why did it not happen? Because the city repented. I mean, it's, you can't imagine a big city in a heathen nation outside Israel. And they repented. And, 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 and Jonah wasn't even halfway the city. And if, including government. It's just, you can't understand how, what happened there. They repented. And God did not do it. Because his intention is never to predict the future. This will happen, whatever you do, it doesn't matter, it will happen. No. He wants people to respond. In this, in this, in this case, repentance, but sometimes it means that he can, he can, a prophetic message can be given to you about your life, but maybe it will never happen because you don't act on it. You see that? So God, God gives perspective. He gives potential. He, he said, this is my destiny for you. This is my plan for you. Like he said, told to us to, to go to Albania. But if we would not have gone, it, it wouldn't have happened. Maybe God would use somebody else. But we would not have reached our destiny. And that can happen. So for the prophetic message is never just to predict the future. That, so take that out of your mind. It is a, a speaking a message of um, a message of preaching, a strong message that always wants to uh, invoke a reaction with those who listen, and it has to do with God's plans for the future. Now that that's another message about prophecy, um, gift of tongues. I will say something more about that um, also tomorrow. Uh, what that is, yeah, but it is uh, that God uses your tongue uh, in an uh, in a language that is not your own, not a language that you studied. And then there is the interpretation of the hearts. I can already tell you that I have uh, very rarely seen this gift of interpretation of tongues. Maybe in my whole life three times. I don't know why it is so rare, but it doesn't happen very often. Uh, at least I haven't seen it happen. So what do we learn from 1 Corinthians 12 about the gifts? First of all, in the gathering of the believers, the Holy Spirit can work and manifest Himself through each one present. In other words, each is uh, mentioned very often in this chapter. Each one of us. The Holy Spirit works in each one of us. So, um, do you believe that? Because <coughs> some of us might have been trained with the thought that you have this gift or you don't have this gift. Take it out of your mind. It's, the Holy Spirit can, can move in uh, any way He wants and He can use you in any one of these gifts. He may not do so, but He can. Yeah. And um, secondly, the Holy Spirit works in a sovereign way by occasion through some and to, on the next occasion 
it may work completely different than using other believers. This is a, you know, it's a, it's very, the clear message of 1 Corinthians 12, the Holy Spirit works and moves as he wants, and in his own way. Uh, and and it's, not, um, it's not always the same. Um, in principle, this supernatural power and manifestation can work through any of the believers, and it is not a gift one has, but a gift that works through a believer. Okay? Therefore, it is very important to be fully focused on the spirit and not on one another. It's not by the other person. It's not the other person who is important in his or her gifting, which was true for Romans 12, but it is the spirit who is important working through any one of the believers. So, um, to be more comfortable with the gifts of 1 Corinthians 12, you need to be um, focused on the Holy Spirit. God, what, what, is, what, what are you doing? What is, what is it you want to say? What is your work? Um, and we need to be grown in sensitivity to the Spirit, which uh, can be a word of God, but can also just be an emotion. And one of the, 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 the most um, precious prophetic gifts is to understand the heart of God. Sometimes the, the whole church is singing joyful songs, and you just realize God is sad. His heart is crying. Because you sense the heart of God. It can also be the other way around. Everybody is singing very serious songs and you just know that God is, is rejoicing. See, and, you have, and then, then you, you, you need to be free to, to express that. And uh, that's why also the role of a worship leader is so important because uh, of uh, also sensing what is uh, the heart of God. So we're not focusing on, on other people, we're focusing on the Holy Spirit. But then we also learn... Um, the Holy Spirit always works and reveals Himself to build up the believers. So now, uh, um, it's a little bit different perspective. The Holy Spirit is working for the good of others and is using believers for that. In this way, the Holy Spirit creates a spiritual fellowship and an interdependence between believers. Uh, God purposely uh, creates a situation where we need one another, not just one pastor who has all the gifts. Because he hasn't, or she hasn't, but it, it's distributed uh, through all the believers. So we need one another. And God wants this interdependence. In this way also, despite the difference in gifting, there is unity, harmony, love. Believers building up and caring for one another. That is God's plan with the church. And therefore it is important not only to focus on the Spirit, but also on one another. To be focused on what the other needs and to be focused on how the Spirit works through others and how your contribution will fit in all of this. So first of all, I, my conclusion was, don't pay attention to other people. Listen to the Spirit, be sensitive for the Spirit. But now the conclusion is, also pay attention to the people around you because God is also working through others. Or maybe the other needs something that God wants to do through you. So you're also... So sometimes I've seen people lead worship and they were with their eyes closed and they were in worship and they were worshiping God and they didn't know what was happening in front of them. <laughs> Open your eyes and see what God is doing. Also when you pray for somebody, we, at some point we, we, we learn if you're in prayer ministry and you pray for people, don't close your eyes. Keep your eyes open. Why do we have to keep our eyes closed when we pray? 
that's not true. It's okay to do that because you can concentrate on God. But when you pray for somebody else, keep your eyes open because you see, or you might see, what God's Spirit is doing. So, um, and also when you're in a gathering where everybody has something, um, then, then I also listen to what the contributions are of others. And I will try to find the, uh, what do you say, that the, the common theme. God is doing something. And what is he saying? What is he, how is God moving through others? And, 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 and sometimes I have, I have something in my, in my uh, thinking of something, and I think, okay, I want to contribute that. And I just sense it doesn't fit. So I don't say it. I just wait. And then sometimes later in the meeting, it fits. But at this point, I want to be sensitive to what's happening in the gathering of believers. So, yes, be sensitive on the Spirit, but at the same time, be sensitive for what God is doing to others. <coughs> so would a leader not say things like, yes, that's good, or anything like that? <coughs> If, if a leader is wanting people to speak freely from the Spirit, then generally yeah. to say something like that's good imposes a kind it's not of good that you say. might yet be revealed. Yeah, that, that wouldn't work if I would say the opposite. Yeah. Yeah, that's very important. Yeah, encouraging, but also, um, uh, you know, the encouraging thing that you say can also be a, a, a psychological thing, eh? because what you do when you are trained uh, as a group, uh, in group dynamics. Um, doesn't always mean that you have a discussion where somebody contributes. It's more like uh, God can give... When you are part of a prayer, God, you have a prayer and you express something and I am listening at the same time to what, what Spirit is doing. Because the way you pray or somebody else prays uh, it, it has a meaning. Uh, I didn't know that in the beginning. When I was in prayer meetings, it was dreadful. Prayer meetings. I was... Most people are scared of prayer meetings. You know, they have this circle of people and they all have to, to, to pray. And they're you know, desperately thinking of a nice prayer to say. And then, and then when you finally have your prayer and you're almost, it's your turn, somebody else prays the thing with you. <laughs> oh, Lord, now what do I need to pray? And, and you, know, you just want the prayer meeting to be ended. Yeah? But when you have a prayer meeting where the Holy Spirit is moving, two hours is nothing. It's, it's, it's a feast. Right, because God is moving, and uh, somebody just starts a, a song, and, and somebody else has, I think I have to think of this, and, and then somebody just shares something you read from Scripture, or, or, or tells something the past week in uh, time of silence, and, um, and it's and it's just great. Or, and, and there is often somebody who says, I think it's important now to pray, and it's a pray for Mark in this situation. I think it's good to pray. You pray to me. So. Uh, it, it is then, then, then a prayer meeting is directed by the Holy Spirit, uh, and 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 in that combination, so so in a way you also stimulate others because you take it very serious, but not in a in a group dynamic way. Understand my? Okay. Um, and then there is. A chapter 4 in Ephesians. I don't want to say too much about it. It's another list of gifts uh, um, where uh, um, Paul speaks about uh, the gifts of uh, uh, Christ gave uh, himself, gave some to the apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. 
We sometimes call that the fivefold ministry. Um, and uh, in this case, it is, it is uh, related to leadership, spiritual leadership in the church. So it's, a, it's a particular kind of leadership. Um, I don't think you have to take this as a rule or a regulation that you have to have these five, of, five kinds of leaders in the church because the Bible doesn't give any uh, regulations about how to govern the church. But uh, obviously in the first church these kind of leaders were present. Um, and these are... Uh, and the, the word charisma is, is charismata is not used here. So, uh, because in this case it is not uh, the Holy Spirit who is giving something to believers, but it is Christ who is giving people to the church so the people are the gifts. Now, and it's very important to, in a church, in any gathering of believers, that, that God will give leaders in a church according to their ministry. Leadership that is, that is ministry-based. And uh, Again, there is not a certain ruling about how, to, how, to have, how we need to govern our church, but I found in uh, my first church in Holland, Pentecostal Church, um, I just talked with somebody about uh, uh, how, do you, how do you do that, and how point elders, and things like that. Um, and um, that there is a, you can have a, 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 a structure of choosing leaders uh, in which uh, natural leaders become leaders of the church. Um, you know, there's the directors of schools and businessmen, and people are on boards of big companies. They are natural leaders. They feel comfortable in leadership. And, and they feel comfortable in a certain kind of leadership, which is board meetings, uh, uh, votes, uh, whatever, uh, statutes. Uh, do you have statutes in your church? Yeah. Constitution. Uh, constitution and, and re regulations and, 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 and uh, uh, fixing up a building and all these things that you're comfortable with, that's, their, that, that's, that, that's because they're natural leaders. But they are not always spiritual leaders. And then you have problems. <coughs> Almost all, always give, will give problems, especially for the pastor of the church. Uh, these men, uh, there was just recently one of these men left our church. Uh, he was a natural leader, but um, and he didn't agree with something, and then very, in a very demonstrative way he, he, he cancelled his, his membership. Um, but um, when we spoke to him at home, he was very condescending about the elders. Three women, three men. And, well, you know, they're nice people. You probably can pray nicely with people, but I don't know how to lead the church. And uh, it's, it's not very nice how we spoke about that. But he, he had become such an important man, uh, and, and, and we've grown so dependent on him. And of course, he brings in a lot of tithes, because of high salary. Um, but it was a position of power. And it was not according to ministry. And, and what, what we can learn from this is that God gives people with a certain ministry. So what is the difference? Um, well, there are different uh, ways to, to explain it. I found this in English. I can send it to you, but pastor, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, it's a kind of leadership. Um, and I think that the easiest is, uh, is the teacher. You find it also in the, in the personality gifts. Um, the teacher wants to mature uh, churches and believers. Uh, and he finds knowledge important and, and theology. Uh, it needs to be sound and consistent. 
A shepherd uh, is focused on people. He wants uh, people to be cared for, to, 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 be, uh, to, to develop in their faith. Um, and uh, so, so he's sensitive for... for a, a typical teacher uh, is, uh, is, um, will do his teaching regardless of the audience. If you if if you would disappear and then and tomorrow a totally different group the teacher can just continue where he left off, yeah? Because it, it's the content. But the shepherd is sensitive to he knows everybody, he knows where you are, when, how you're developing, and so that's the shepherd. And and it's it's very nice, of course, if you have the combination, which also happens. Uh, evangelist is uh, somebody who wants to preach the gospel. Uh, and also, is not so sensitive for the audience or the people. He just wants to bring the message. And also, outside you, he constantly says, "We need to go out. We're here not for ourselves. We're here for the world around us." That's evangelist. And it's very good to have them uh, have such a man or a woman in your church. Prophet and apostle. Um, there was a time in the church that we didn't really know what to do with these two. A prophet, apostle. Uh, we we had shepherd teachers, evangelists. And that was it. Most churches in the, in the Protestant churches, leadership is shepherd, teacher. And it takes care of the believers. Um, but in the, in the early church, the, 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 the lead leaders, they were the apostle prophets. The, the, the apostle was, is somebody who starts something new. We would also call somebody like that a... Um, what do you call it? So when you start something new, uh, you're pioneering. pioneering yes, mm -hmm. you pioneer something new, and and you like to do that. You, uh, a, a, a typical pioneer, when he has, has done something for five years and established it, he gets tired of it. He wants to start something new. He hands it over and does. You know, that's the pioneer. Like Paul, he was a teacher, but he was also a pioneer, and 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 he wanted to establish things. That's the, that's the apostle, and the prophet is the one who. Constantly um, uh, wants to be sensitive to what God wants to do. What is His plan for the church? So, you are maybe a nice church in Bristol, but when you have a prophet, he's never satisfied. But what is the church over five years? Where are we moving? What is God's plan? That's the prophet. And if you don't have a prophet, apostle, or the apostle prophetic kind of leadership, you, this church almost always gets stagnant. It's probably a nice church where everybody is fed and comfortable. Um, and it's probably the same church ten years from now. Nothing wrong with it, but that's it. <coughs> when you have an apostolic, prophetic kind of leader, things will be changing. Things will be moving. And the church will not be the same five years later. And actually, I think that that is very important for any church... Yes, so um, this is about uh, the leadership gift. Any questions about that? Now, uh, there is a, just, a, just, a, just a small thing, I don't want to pay too much attention to it, but there is a, a discussion nowadays whether uh, apostolic uh, and prophetic leadership has to be predominant. Have you ever heard about that discussion? It's, it's the last five or ten years. The church should have apostolic, the apostolic movement and prophetic movements. You've heard about that in the charismatic movement. That's very strong discussion about it uh, because sometimes it kind of moves and becomes a bit too extreme. But it's based on, for uh, 
In these verses you find this thought. Um, in Ephesians, Paul speaks about the church. Now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being chief cornerstone. And uh, Ephesians 3, 5, Understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to his holy prophet, apostles and prophets. Now some churches will say that's about the, the, the early apostles in the days of Paul, and it's now finished. And, uh, and we don't need the prophets anymore because we now have the Bible. That had become very predominant in the church. If you would ask a, a Protestant theologian about the gift of prophecy, he would say that's preaching. Preaching is prophecy. And, and who was the preacher? The shepherd and the teacher. So basically the gift of prophecy and apostleship was gone from the church. Uh, and um, now, in the last 50 years, this has come up again. Give the prophecy is, is quite strong. Uh, also, in, 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 that, uh, in that sense, that, that, pe that people in the church can be appointed as um, prophets. It's, in, in parts of the world, it's very normal, like in Africa or in Asia. Somebody says, I'm a prophet. If you do that in Holland, they almost crucify you. <laughs> you can say I'm a teacher and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a shepherd and I'm an evangelist. You can't say you're a prophet. Now, I can I can tell you in ten years from now it's very normal. Also in England, somebody says I'm a prophet or being appointed as a prophet um, in church, and then also the apostleship, and not as a early apostles only, but as a kind of ministry. Now there is still a lot of discussion about it, so. Uh, I'll leave it there. Um, but you find the same thought a little bit in 1 Corinthians 12. Paul speaks about gifts there uh, a little bit further in this chapter. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually, and God has appointed these in the church. First apostles, second prophets, third teachers. After that miracles, gifts of healing, health, and medicine. Because again you see this sequence. Now, I'll leave it at that because it's not uh, so important at this point, but you will, uh, at some point, uh, the discussion will, will also uh, come by. Um, and uh, then there is, of course, the last thing I will say, uh, before I want to say something about the uh, gift of tongues and prophecy, um, then there is, of course, also the part in the Bible that speaks about the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, fruit of the Spirit is something quite different. Gifts of the Spirit. What is different about it? Gifts are given. Yeah. It is, um, come forth, comes forth. Mm -hmm. and, and what about the fruit? Comes forth. Yeah. So tell that again. Gifts are given to you. Fruit comes forth from you. Right. And meaning? <laughs> it's my English problem. The Spirit gives the gifts yes. because you have the Spirit. You don't have it and you get it because the Spirit gives it to you. Yes. Yeah? And then the fruit? And the fruit comes out of you because you have the Spirit. Okay. It's the produce. It's the produce. Yeah. What is typical for fruit? Growth. Growth, yes. First it's not there and then the next second it's there? No. It needs to grow. It takes time. So 
it's there, you know, as you say, it's in the, in, the, in the plant or whatever, but it needs to grow and then it comes out and, it, and it's fruit. And it takes time. Well, the gift, um, so actually the fruit of the Spirit is related to your character, to Christian character. Something the Spirit does in your life, as you describe it, then it's something God is doing in your life and it leads to kind of certain fruits. Um, or uh, the fruit of the Spirit. Well, gifts can be given to somebody who's completely uninformed yet as a believer. Maybe just brand new Christian, um, you know, you, you, uh, we, we wouldn't trust him with, with something, anything, but the Holy Spirit gives his gifts. And, and uh, so the, the gifts of the Spirit are not related to character. And that's very important to know because that's why sometimes you can make a mess of it. Um, now, I've made this nice picture. Then I made it myself. You know, most of the things I borrowed, but this one I made myself. It's very nice. <laughs> <laughs> what do you say? It's very nice. It's uh, it, it, the personality gifts, Romans 12, the gifts of Corinthians 12, the church gifts, and the fruit of the Spirit. Now, um, the, 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 in, it, about the church gifts, it says that they are given to build up others. And that happens when you have the fruit of the Spirit. When, when God works in you, you have the right character, it will make sure that the, that, that the gifts of the supernatural gifts will, will build up others and not just be a show or a demonstration or, or a contest. Uh, the personality gift, so that's the gift that fits with you as a person and the fruit of the character, together is your testimony. Yeah? It's what people see and they, okay. And that is your testimony of, of Jesus. And your personality gifts, so who you are, and the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the supernatural gifts, they, they make up your ministry. That's what we spoke about in Ephesians 4. Um, what, what your leadership uh, ministry is. Uh, uh, that, that's your ministry. So if you want to know what is your ministry, find out about your personality gifts and see how the Spirit is moving in your life. That is your typical ministry. That decides whether you are, for instance, a worship leader or not. I should not lead worship. This is the fit. Um, and all these together, uh, they make up for spiritual leadership. In this combination. It's a nice one, eh? <laughs> yes. And then, uh, yeah. Um, I think I have, to, I have to skip a few things, but the, the, one of the things that, 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 uh, that Paul stresses very much, he, he teaches this over and over again, is the importance of unity. He teaches about gifts and the diversity of gifts, but he also teaches about the importance of, um, of, of unity, and the, the unity in diversity. I, I said something about that already, um, because there is an, 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 a, what you call an inherent threat in diversity. People are different, being treated differently, it, it is a threat to unity. Um, that's why um, in communism they try to take away all the diversity. Everybody has the same. When we came to Albania, everybody had the same living room, the same cupboard, the same TV, and only uh, one or two channels, and everything was the same. 
And when you would come as a tourist, some tourists would go to Albania. They, then you had, they were sometimes they had to take off their clothes because there was too much color in it. It had to be the same, no long hairs, everything had to be the same. Of course, the only ones who are not the same are the ones who are in charge, but that's another, another thing. But it's trying to make everything equal. Well, that is not what God is doing. God doesn't make us... He finds us all equally important, but He's made us different. And He wants the difference to be blessing. Now, that is very difficult. And, of course, it was funny when we were in Albania for some time... Um, people had the opportunity to have a nice house or a new bathroom or a new whatever. And uh, so are the, the, the people who had rented out a place to us and they lived upstairs had a new bathroom. And everybody had to first look at the bathroom. Yeah. With golden uh, whatever. Uh, it's just, you know, very extravagant, very luxurious because you needed to show that you had something the other one didn't have. And it's a kind of a... Um, extreme capitalism which, which is not what God means he, he, wants, he wants the difference not to be show but he wants it to be blessing and, 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 but I also saw very very moving things like in the, in the church in Honduras where we went um, Maki was a part of that as well uh, it, was, it was really nice to see the, uh, the difference of all the people who went to church some of them came from a Muslim background family, some of them came from an Orthodox background. They were in the same church. They would normally never uh, have this fellowship. Some of them came from villages, some of them came from the city. Normally they would never mix in Albania. You know that. People from the city would look down on the villages. Uh, and there were people from, who were very white, but also those who were very dark in the same church. There were those who had suffered from communism, but there were also those who came from families who were in charge during communism, part of the police system. The same it was not always easy. You know, when, when yeah. Andy, for instance, he became one of the leaders in the church, his father was one of the uh, high-ranking officers in, and, and had done a lot of harm to people. And then they were in the same church. And can you accept such a person as a leader in the church? Um, but the differences were falling away. God was doing a thing through His Spirit. Sometimes you had, we had to overcome it. So, Evelyn was leading a, a, a women's ministry, and um, there was a bit of tension between women coming from Orthodox and Muslim background. And also, um, there was one lady who was blind, and she was dark. She was coming from the dark, uh, not, uh, what do you call the group? Uh, Egyptians. Yes. Uh, but she lived in a normal house, but there was a background. And, and the lady didn't want to visit her. They didn't want to go to her house. And Adeline had to, to challenge that. Said, that's not right. In, in God's kingdom, in God's church, people are, uh, are equally important. God has no favorites. Yes. And, and so, um, uh, so we, we sometimes needed to overcome it. But it was a miracle that, that it was possible in the church, all these differences. And, and, and also, I think people in, in Honduras could see that. That was something new. And, and that is what God wants to do yeah. in our midst. Um, so that is what Paul speaks about uh, in, in 1 Corinthians 12, about this uh, unity in the body. I'll skip these parts because you, you know that, but I, I like to, uh, to mention this verse in Ephesians 4.16. Uh, Paul uses the example of a body. 
the physical body, and he says, uh, um, and then he speaks about Christ, eh, from whom? From Christ, the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which each part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. It's a, the New King James. Um, if you look it up in other translations, it reads a little bit uh, better, but, uh, but this, is, this is the correct translation. Uh, uh, it, we're all part of this body, but we have our own unique place. And if one part is out, it doesn't work anymore. Or if one part, part is harmed, it, it, it doesn't work anymore. So this is such a, such a beautiful uh, description of the church. For every member is uh, equally important and sometimes uh, we compare it with uh, these flowers the different flowers I don't know what kind of flower you are I'm not I'm not I'm not this flower <laughs> I know that uh, maybe more like this one but uh, as, 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 uh, there was a point when um, God gave some uh, revelation about my ministry and uh, uh, and and it, uh, it was a message that God said, you are like this, uh, when you have a, a wall, and, and, the, and, the, and the, the, the plants, they, they grow against the wall, you know, with the nice flowers, the climbing plants. It needs also this fence, uh, mm -hmm. and then to, to, to support the trellis. Yes. And what do you call it? Trellis. Tre trellis. Okay. okay. Well, anyhow, uh, uh, God said to me, "That's not Danish for The Holy Spirit said to me, "That's how you are. That's what you are. You're not this flower, a flowery type. You're this." Uh, mm -hmm. and, and, <laughs> and, and my wife was more like a flower, you know, a different kind of ministry. She has this shop. Where people could come in to, to uh, uh, it's a, it's a um, it's a shop where they sell uh, the what do you call it? It's a craft shop. Craft shop, <laughs> but it's basically meant to be a contact shop, just where people um, talk with people and where they can share their hearts and and they do. I don't know how, how she does it. You know, people walk in. It doesn't sh show as a Christian shop, but for some reason they they open up and they sh they start to speak their hearts with Evelyn and and Evelyn can speak about their faith. It would never work with me. It wouldn't work. But the shop would probably be more more organized. At <laughs> 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 one point, Evelyn had somebody who helped her. She needs a person to help her to get things organized. Yeah. Very neat organized. And at one point, Evelyn didn't have time to be in that shop because she had two shops, and, and this other person had taken charge of the shop. And it was, it was perfect. But there were no customers. <laughs> Nobody walked in. And I, I also I passed by the shop at some point. I saw her in the shop. And, and just in one second, I knew she doesn't have time for me. You just feel it. Because she was organizing things. And you just feel, okay. Um, it's, it's a different course. It's a different gifting. And, but you need one another. Because Evelyn has a few of these ladies around her who come in occasionally and they organize everything. Evelyn says, oh boy, how do you do that? <laughs> that's so that's how we, how we fit together. And, and another example I find very nice is the, is the, is the, the orchestra. 
I like the, 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 the what do you call this guy in English? Maestro baby! Enthusiastic director of the, of the music, but um, uh, I like this example when it is about 1 Corinthians 12, because uh, the, the Holy Spirit decides who can play and who has the solo or who uh, so sometimes I feel a bit sorry and there is this music piece and there is one person who has the one instrument and it's hardly hardly used and why is the person there but in another musical piece this instrument is very important um, and, and in a way this script this example doesn't really fit with 1 Corinthians 12 because here one person always has the violin and another always has the trumpet yeah well, in the example of 1 Corinthians 12, you could even switch the instruments. <laughs> no? uh, uh, you could play the violin, but the next time it, it, the, the Holy Spirit can make you blow the trumpet. It's possible. That's the Holy Spirit working through you, because it is not your gift. It's the Holy Spirit working through you. So, um, yeah, how does it work for us? Eh? How, do, how do we... How do we do this? How, how, how do we discover this? How do we practice it? Through all this teaching. Um, well, first of all, uh, it says the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. It's very important for you to say, it's also for me. Maybe you can say it out loud with me. It is also for me. It is also for me, yes. And to each one, so that's also to me, God, the manifestation of the Spirit. And it, and it really is the word manifestation. Sounds a bit frightening. The Spirit manifests, the Spirit wants to work in a manifest way. And He wants to do it to any one of the believers. Very important that you believe that. Um, and it says again, to every man, some sort some form of the Spirit's work is given for the common good. It's a nice translation in the uh, what's the Bible? Is that Bible? I have to look it up. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a modern translation in English. And then in 1 Corinthians 4 verse 12, even so, you, since you are zealous for zealous of zealous, what do you say? Zealous for spiritual gifts. Let it be for the edification of the church that you seek to excel. So, if you really want these gifts, and that is what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1, you know, eagerly uh, uh, seek these gifts. If that is true, um, try to excel for the edification of others. That is what you do. So, that's the, that's the basis. If you want to grow in these gifts, this is the basis. This is the uh, this is the foundation, this is the attitude that you need. And the question, of course, and that's the question I already asked, is how do you, how do you, um, how do you grow? Believe that the Spirit wants to exercise His gift through you as well. Give yourself completely to Jesus. Make every effort to improve unity. And focus completely on serving the other. Those are the, the four requirements. So the gifts are also given to you. Give yourself to Jesus so He can use you through His Spirit. 
and always uh, serve unity. Um, that's, that's one of the threats, the great threats, also when it comes to the gifts of the Spirit. What builds unity? Sometimes you just have to wait. What, 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 is, what is building up the church? Not just what is building up the other, but what is building up the church? You have to be sensitive to that. And this has to be your, your passion. Um, nothing that if there's something that threatens the church, then then it's Marky's job to to intercede and to to say, okay, stop. We should never threaten the church. One of the that is one of the challenges of a pastor, together with the elders, on the one hand to to create more freedom, more involvement, and so uh, not to tighten things and to control things, and on the other hand really be in charge and, and, and preserve the unity and safety of the church and believers should not be threatened I talked with one of you in the break and, 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 um, and you said to me uh, sometimes I have a very difficult feeling about what happened I've been in gatherings where things of the spirit happened and I felt it didn't feel okay uh, what, what can I do is it because my heart is not right or, or because of the things are not right I said I don't know at the, uh, but um, it, it is very important that people don't feel pr uh, pressure or feel um, under pressure. And, and when it comes to things of the spirit, that can easily happen. This this feeling of um, uh, this person is more spiritual than me, and, and and if I don't have the same expression, probably I, I there is too much of spiritual control, or my heart is not open enough. You know that that kind of feeling. And so we had um, a small group for a few weeks just after Easter, uh, and they were all all the, all the people in this small group were uh, uh, believers from the church who were there already for many years. And one of uh, one of them was a, a woman who was very free in um, sharing prophetic <coughs> words. Everybody knew her; she was very free in that. Uh, at, at the same time, she was always a bit insecure. You could feel that so she wanted confirmation. Is it all right what I say? I felt that for quite a but she was very free to do that. And there was another woman in the same small group uh, who had problems with that. She came from a church that was not rather anti-charismatic, and she, um, she, she didn't like the other woman. And she always wants to be on the podium. She finds herself more spiritual than me. And so we had them in the same group, and the, and the, and the topic was the gifts of the Spirit. Now, that was a challenge. So, um, so I, I, uh, I stimulated a very honest discussion about it, just to talk openly about what is God doing in your life, and 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 then um, the, the uh, first of all the, the the woman who was very free in, in expressing prophetic messages, she discovered, she she started to realize why the other person had problems with that, and and and. Um, and and she also had to kind of admit that she had, she found the others not spiritual enough because they should do the same thing. We all should do that. While the one who was had problems with the other lady, the prophetic lady, she she had to acknowledge at some point. Yes, I I am talking badly about her with others. There you ever again you know, on the podium again. And, uh, and she, uh, so when uh, there was a time that we could pray for one another, she prayed for the other, uh, uh, woman, and she she blessed her, and, and she expressed appreciation. And, and the other 
woman who was always like, you know, we all should prophesy. She, uh, she discovered what the effect of her attitude was. And um, so there was a, the next Sunday, or the, well, maybe Sunday after that, and there was a, a small opportunity to say something after the worship if somebody wanted to share something. And so this woman comes forward who was always negative about this prophetic woman and never would share anything. She would come forward with trembling hands and I think God, God has something, has said something to me for the church. And she shared it and, uh, and we were all like, this is amazing. We would never expect her to do anything like that. Uh, and and she, she was very happy. But So we talked about that. So if you talk negative about the others, it, it, it destroys the work of the spirit. But also, if you if you feel that others are not spiritual enough, it, it gives unsafety, it gives pressure, and and it's and it's not good. So um, the the underlying attitude is so so very important when it comes to gift of the spirit, and that is also uh, why Paul speaks about it in one Corinthians, in, uh, because the Corinthians church was a church that was very charismatic but it was lacking in love. It was lacking in order. Uh, it was lacking in sensitivity. Uh, it was chaotic. There were all kinds of problems. And Paul wants to bring it back to, um, to uh, a unity, serving one another, and at the same time, he doesn't want to quench the spirit, which was quite a challenge. But that's why he wrote this letter. And that's why he is also sometimes correcting things. Well, that's uh, about these gifts. Um, tomorrow I will um, I will not do a lot of teaching because it's a, it's a service. Uh, but I want to say something about uh, the, the gift of tongues uh, and the gift of prophecy from one Corinthians fourteen. Um, and um, well, I, I, I see the problem is I, it's not I just do not only want to give teaching. I want I, I also want you to become more. Um, uh, the Holy Spirit will also work through you and, and, uh, and in a prophetic way but also uh, that uh, also when it comes to the gift of tongues um, I, I, I want to I want you to experience the blessing of the Holy Spirit working in your life personally and uh, so that is what I'm uh, uh, praying for that God will work in it may even be spontaneously at home uh, but it's not just theory but it's will actually benefit you. I will pray about it now and then you have uh, the children running. Um, Lord Jesus, thank you so much. Um, thank you for giving the Holy Spirit. When you went back to the Father and you are the right hand of your Father, you, you, you poured out the Spirit and the Spirit came uh, uh, in the church and He came in the believers and among us and it made such a difference. Because through the Holy Spirit, you are present. Your presence is very real. As we sang in that song, your presence in our lives, in our experience, in our dreams, in, in our fellowship. And I pray for each one of you that, that you will experience a new feeling of the Holy Spirit. That there will be no fear, no resistance in your life. But yet you open up your heart for what the Spirit wants to do in your life. And that He will start to minister to you. Sometimes this will be healing. He wants to bring healing in your life. Maybe He wants to restore um, the fatherhood of God in your life. 
Uh, he, he wants to take the fear out of your life. Um, he, he wants to make you more confident. But the Holy Spirit also wants to speak to you, give direction, and, and show the heart of God. And I pray that this will happen in your life. And this is my, my prayer, and I, it's my blessing for you, that you will experience the work of the Holy Spirit personally. And that also this work of the Spirit will be very strong in your church, that when people walk in, uh, they will just notice this is different. God is here. There is something here that, that I, I, want, I want to experience in my life. That is my prayer for all of you and for you as a church. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much, Franz. Um, I just wanted to really emphasize the importance of uh, giving God some space. And this, this could be an overwhelming thing for some of us. This could be um, a great thing for some others. This could be something that we, we've had bad experience about in the past and we, we, we don't know what to do with it. And uh, I just really wanted for, you know, I know we're here all together and I, I just wanted for us to, to be doing some business with God. So come out, carve out some space, whether today or tomorrow, that you, even if it's for a short time, that you allow God to to reveal himself afresh uh, to you and allow his spirit to to touch you and to say, Lord, more of you and less of me. And again, we are in this all together. This is why it's so important that we are here as a family. And if you really wanted somebody to pray with you, don't hold back because in one sense you're giving other people an opportunity to exercise the gift that the Spirit has given them as well. That's why it's so exciting that we, we, we say we all need one another. And we all need one another because the Holy Spirit is, is bringing us to this place. So uh, please, 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 uh, I beg you, I usually don't say this, but I, I, I beg you to carve, to carve out some time. And also I was thinking, for those of you who've got small children, and speaking of which of Ruth and I, I know how difficult it is to carve that time. Please speak to one of us and say, could I have just 10 or 15 minutes? Could I have an hour or the whole afternoon? Please, I think this is... I'll look after I will. I promise, I promise. As long as you look after my children tomorrow for my five minutes. But honestly, I, I, I think let's, let's give one another that opportunity to, to, to carve out that space and say, God, 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 more of you. I want to pray for that, actually. Lord, in this lovely place, in this busy building with creaking floors and crying children and shouting... Lord, it's so hard to find that space. And also, Lord, we have brought here our lives from Bristol, our workplaces, our family situations. 
We've already got plans about what we're going to do next week and how hard we're going to be. And Lord, it's, it's, I'm being honest, Lord, um, this is the place where most of us are. And yet, we've been challenged by your word today about you wanting to do stuff with us and through us. And that you are interested in each and every one of us as individuals. Lord, help us to make the most of that privilege of carving out some time with you. Help us, Lord, to help one another. And allow us to, to enjoy the work of your Spirit as we see it unfold and bring life and bring fruit for your glory. So Lord, be glorified as we, as we do that today. In Jesus' mighty name.